Welcome to Living a Fanatical Life podcast, where empowering conversations and strategies reside to shift your mind, ignite your journey, and create an excitement experience for your life purpose. As your host, Bridget Washington, the podcast is designed to provide a platform of empowerment, lifestyle, personal, professional development, and interviews with subject matter experts whose dream to reality story screams wow factor to the listener. And today's fanatical quote is, your uniqueness is your power. Own it. Without further ado, I want to introduce to you, and I'm so super excited to have our guest today, Dawn Cochran King. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Don Cochran King is an educator with over 20 years of experience as a bereavement ministry director, hospice volunteer, and grief support group facilitator. With a master's degrees in education and educational leadership, she teaches readers to find hope after loss. After writing a children's book in 2014, Dawn wrote a book for adults entitled Survivor's Nuggets to be released in November 2020. Originally from New York, Dawn happily resides in Southern Nevada with her husband, and she loves visits and phone calls with her daughter, parents, siblings, bonus daughter and son, and other relatives and friends. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you so much, Bridget. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. So without further ado, let's just dive right into getting to know who you are and what's going on in your fanatical life. Now in your bio, I briefly mentioned you wrote a book that's coming out called Survivor's Nugget. So provide a description of that. It is a book that has been in my heart and in my spirit for years and I finally birthed it. So I'm so excited to share it with everyone. The, the, the actual um, subject matter, um, it may not be something that's exciting to people, but it's necessary. And it's a tool, the book can be used as a tool to guide readers through the process of grief to find hope. And also I, I share true stories to illustrate the meaning of each stage of grief and what can be learned from each of those experiences, as well as a couple of how-to guides at the end of the book to help uh, people process the grief consistently while writing in a journal, and then ultimately writing uh, a little bit about their life story. So is there anything based off of this book that Mm -hmm. possibly, and and if you don't mind me asking, that Mm -hmm. may have triggered this on a personal level that you may have went through? Because I understand you said you're a bereavement ministry director and you've written this book. Has there been a situation in your life that if you knew what you knew now in writing this book would have helped you in that situation? Uh, Well, a a couple of things. So um, I realized I had a fear of death, but not all my life. It was actually triggered once I became a mom. Mm -hmm. And I had this little toddler I'm looking at and I'm going, oh my gosh, what if something happens to me? And I know that that fear was not based on facts. It was just based on um, basically fear is something that we, we kind of conjure up in our minds and I had to fight through it to get rid of it. But I had a fear of dying before my child was old enough to be independent on and just, you know, on her own. And I had to work through that 
walked, I would shy away from the bereavement ministry. I shied away from anything having to do with death at that time. And again, she was a toddler at the time, but I was pulled. I was constantly invited to become a part of the bereavement ministry. And when I finally said, okay, fine, I'll give it a shot. I'll go to the, I'll go to the first meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew there was something tugging at me that said, this is where you need to be. And I, I went ahead. I just went for it. I took a leap of faith. And in every experience, and a lot of people who serve others will probably echo these words, whenever I found myself walking out to help someone who was grieving, to minister to them, to either bring some food to the family, and ultimately to serve during a a funeral service, I found that I was getting something back from the very people that I was serving. And so much of the book talks about that as well. So I'm, I'm saying all of this to say, the very thing that we're afraid of is usually where we need to walk straight head on into it and find our purpose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because God desires us to move out in faith and, and eradicate that fear. Yes. yes. And it's something about when we push aside the fear and we begin to walk in the confidence that we know that he placed within us. And we start realizing things that we didn't know we could do before, or, mm-hmm. or we thought that we were fearful of, just like you, you said, you had to push aside that fear, uh, but you went ahead and was ob- obedient and got involved in the bereavement ministry you became a hospice volunteer because you knew that was your calling. You knew that was the lane you were supposed to be walking in. Right. So I thank you. If no one's ever told you that, I thank you for your obedience because there is a gap in that area. Uh, even with the experience that I just went through, there's mm-hmm. a gap in that area of people being there for you after the fact, when all the hoopla is gone after death, meaning the funeral, and right. everybody goes back to their day-to-day lives and operations, um, there is a gap yeah. of support I, that needs to I, be filled. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I would hope, like, whether you have someone to help you through it or not, you are going to go through those stages. Mm-hmm. And everyone may not go through each of the stages, and they may not go through them in the same order. Mm-hmm. But there will be an experience through the stages of grief. And I would hope that the book would help people during those times when maybe they don't have someone who's reaching out to them and would give them the courage to say, you know what, this is, this is normal. This is a normal thing that I'm feeling right now and maybe give them the courage to reach out if no one is reaching out to them. And also, even when you talk about the stages of grief, Mm -hmm. there's, to me, there's no two exact ways to do it. Everyone is different. I mean, there, there may be some general things that you may go through, you know, like you're missing the loved one. Um, You feel an emptiness or you feel loss, but some people are total, I call them bipolar opposites the way they do with grief. You know, some people will dive into work, for example, head on, and they Mm want to be busy 24-7 because they don't want to feel it. But then you turn around and you see the other person who feels like they can't get out of bed because they're feeling everything about it. 
-hmm. like 200% of it. You're absolutely right. And all of the above would be considered normal. I say the only time you need to reach out and say, I may not be handling this particular stage too well, is if you feel like you're in it so long that you become immobile and the daily functions and activities of life become just too difficult to handle. Mm -hmm. That's when that's when the help has to go beyond even my book and, and there's professional help there, you know, available to us. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. do you have um since we're on that subject mm -hmm. of professional help, do you recommend uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, ministers, uh, spiritual counseling? What are some things that uh, avenues that people may um, inquire about if mm -hmm. they feel that they need additional help? Well, all of the above, everything that you just stated are definitely good resources for people. I can speak personally from the standpoint of a bereavement ministry if a person belongs to a church, that's definitely some, uh, you know, a source of, of assistance. Um, and then of course your local hospice facilities, many of them uh, have the sub grief support groups. I did facilitate a grief support group. It was an outstanding experience. I did it over a course of a few years. And we had those who were mourning from the ages of elementary school age children to seniors. Um, and some families came together, some people dropped off family members and they were there alone. And it was just such a dynamic experience when you're there with a group of people who are going through the same thing, but very differently. Mm -hmm. And it, it was good for them to have, you know, the exercise and the activities we went through. I think people may not realize that there's a lot of help out there that they may have to go and reach for it. When we talk to someone who's grieving and we say, hey, you know what, I'm here if you need me, call me if you need me, more than likely they won't. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to kind of encourage them to do so if no one is reaching out to them. I said it earlier, just a few minutes ago, if no one is reaching out to them and they feel like they need the help, I'm here to encourage you to reach out to someone, um, whether it is the local hospice, your local church, support groups, um, the help is there. Absolutely, I agree. And I think sometimes people think that others will look upon them as that being a weakness sometimes. That could be. I mean, there's still a, a somewhat of a stigma associated with it. I'm, I'm happy to say that I've seen a change over the years because in particularly um, in, in the church uh, community, where we're celebrating life, we're celebrating, and it's not, even though we cry, and this funeral is sad, and it's a time to mourn, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we also place such an emphasis on singing, and celebrating, and giving, talking about those funny stories, and remembering our loved one in such positive ways, that I think there, the stigma about grieving is, has been lifted a little bit, but I think people still need to learn the how-tos in terms of what to say and what not to say. And more importantly, when it's great to just be quiet. Yes. Sometimes someone just needs someone to just sit with them. I don't care if we're just crocheting together, uh -huh. watching a movie, just someone right. to just be there with them. And so I think, I think more discussion needs to be had around the, around the topic for sure. I have more books in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait to see them. If, if, if from what you're saying about this one and the information and the experiences that you're providing for Survivor's Nuggets, 
I'm sure there's some gems in there, uh, diamonds in the rough that people need to hear <laughs> and see. So we are definitely going to be looking forward to that. So with that being said, you have a Facebook group called Journey Lessons Community. And does this correlate with Survivor Nuggets? It does. It does. So the overarching theme of the Journey Lessons Community is that life is a journey. And every leg of the journey, we should be learning something, whether it was a happy experience or a not so happy experience. We should be learning something that can either help us grow or help us pass on that lesson to help someone else grow. And so in this community, I wanted to prepare a safe space for people to feel comfortable talking about those very lessons, talking about the things that they've gone through in life where there's no judgment, there's no one trying to fix them, it's just a safe space to talk about it and maybe we can glean from one another. So the journey lessons is just, like I said, an overarching kind of umbrella to the different books that I've got that I'd like to continue to birth and Survivor's Nuggets happens to be the first one. And of course the lessons there would be what we've learned through loss. Absolutely. Now is your group, um, do people, are people very interactive with it or do they feel comfortable with sharing? Do they find, find it as a safe place for them? Um, what, what is your goal, ultimate goal for the group and how would you see it evolve over 2021? for example. Well, that that is definitely the feedback that I'm getting from them that, you know, they're so happy to have this space. Um, People from all walks of life, people with different types of faith, but everyone is there to kind of encourage one another and share. I find that when I post things with really open-ended questions or a picture and say, what does this tell you? If you were sitting right here, what would you be doing? And it's just, it may be a picture of a journal and sitting on the dock of a bay. Like, and what yeah. would you be doing if you were sitting there? And then I've gotten so many interesting um, responses from people. And some people are, are brand new to me and some I've known for years. And the answers, are, they always astound me. Like, oh, that's so, that's so enlightening. And so I just wanted it to be a place where we could kind of learn from one another and encourage one another. So I see it growing. It has already grown. I'm really ecstatic about that. And I see it growing into 2021, as you asked about, and um, maybe helping to inform some of the topics of, the, of nec- my next books. I would like to do some collaboration with some of the, the uh, Journey Lessons community members as well for the next project. Okay. Now, do you see yourself as the bereavement slash hospice slash grief advocate <laughs> that you are, do you see yourself <laughs> expanding the platform outside of social media, maybe doing um, workshops on your own, like completely on your own, um, or maybe having a conference or what do you see? What's in store for Dawn okay. in this space? Okay, I hear you prophesying. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. No, I do see. I do see that. I do see that for myself. I would like to um, perhaps do some courses. Um, I would love to to really. I would like to. I would like to answer the the problems, find solutions to problems that become revealed from my community. 
Okay. So I've put, I've put this out there. Now I want to hear from you. So COVID, COVID has not gone away yet. COVID is still raging. I want to hear from people. How are we coping with that? There are so many facets to it. I'm working from home. Moms and dads are teaching their children and helping the teachers by keeping their children at home. So there are so many facets to it. What does that mean to families? How are people coping with it? Not just with loss, because that's a whole nother realm, not just with the loss, because we've had so many, I I can count a few of them on myself that I Mm -hmm. personally, who have died from it. But what else are you doing just your day to day life? What has that been like? How is it impacting and informing changes in the relationships, either marriages or with siblings, with your friends? Like what's happening out there? In some respects, I think we have to kind of look at the positive. What has happened? What has happened as a result of COVID is we're learning new ways to use social media. We are learning new ways to use things like Zoom and and Google meetings and things like that. So how can that inform how we live when the pandemic is over? What is that going what is that going to look like? How can we take the positive things that have happened from it? Because there's there's a lot of a negative, but how can we take the positive things that have occurred and inform maybe a better future? So I have a lot of things that I'd like to talk about there. I think the book is timely. It really doesn't refer to COVID. It, specifically, but it is so timely because so many of us are are looking at that and not just with death, but just the loss of relationships, the loss of that camaraderie and and being able to see one another. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think now that you bring up COVID, um, Mm -hmm. you talked about how you want to see how people are, are, are adapting and navigating. I think that's already happening even before yeah. COVID has ended, because uh, we've been forced to make a shift. You know, yes. whether we like it or not, um, there are good things about it. There are bad things about it. I think it has made us focus more. Hmm. Okay. I, a, I think, go ahead. I was going to say from a respect of, you know, I think a lot of people are having uh, man in the mirror moments. <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word, <laughs> because they're forced to look at themselves. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. They're that's- forced to, just like you said, you have the moms and dads at home working. You have mm-hmm. the children at home working. And I think this is, people are seeing what they are made of, even in that realm. Right. Because we're right. so used to being on the go, on the go, on the go. I mean, let's, and I, if you already work at home, you know, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. if you're used to being out, like you said, face-to-face with people, interactions, um, or you're not used to being around your spouse all day, I mean, there's even right. that to even come into play. Or right. you're definitely not uh, the teacher's aide, <laughs> you know, playing that right. role. Uh, right. So you have all these things that, that you're yeah. in the house for the most part, except maybe if you run out for errands, et cetera, groceries, you know, things of that nature. But you're at home most of the for time, the and, and especially depending on where you live in mm-hmm. the country. You know, some are more stringent than others. Uh, right. Things may come to a head, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a, whole, that's a totally different subject that needs to be talked about. Absolutely. I mean, I look at my husband and we, we laugh sometimes about it and we say, I'm so glad I still like you. <laughs> I know. Cause some people don't, they said some people, yeah. no, I mean, that's funny, but they've said that the divorce but rate not has everyone. went up. 
It has. Because of that. It has. It has. And on a sad note, a, an even sadder note, because that's sad in itself, but on an even sadder note, suicide has gone up. Also, yes, because they can't, they can't stand they being by it. themselves and being they isolated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... so I think it's um you laughed you jokingly laughed and said I was prophesying earlier but <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> that there are some, there's a whole lot of truth in it. <laughs> yes, there's some things that I can foresee you expanding on, let me just say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will I will re, I will rely on this community that I created that I've started that is starting to take on, you know, a kind of a life of its own. I will rely on them for the feedback because they're kind of a um a mini sampling of the rest of the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I will start doing some of the things that we just talked about within that community and get that feedback and then see where it takes me, you know, for future books, for future projects. Absolutely. And I'm I look forward to it. And I'm sure the uh, individuals that are in the group will look forward to it as well, because I do believe that your group will grow leaps and bounds once you start diving into these different subjects and topics. So Thank I appreciate you. that. Yes. So could you tell us as we're getting to coming to a close mm -hmm. um, about your book that's coming out? When does it come out? How can someone get it? Oh, I'm so excited. Yay. It is, it is, the, my book release date is November 23rd. And it is available on my website, which is thejourneylessons.com, all spelled out, thejourneylessons.com. There is a, a section to order the books. There's a separate page on the website to order. It will also be available on Amazon as a paperback as well as an ebook. Yay! <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you just Google, not Google, not Google, but if you search for Dawn Cochran King on Amazon, you will easily find it. That is awesome. Well, I, for one, I can't wait for the book to be released next month. And I'm sure the audience can't wait to hear it either or go out to Amazon and search for it and purchase it. So I'm sure Thank you'll you. you'll post the information on uh, social media and they'll be able to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember November 23rd, Survivor's Nugget is coming out. And please support my dear sister in purchasing this book. And I would even go as far as to say, this is around Black Friday time. It will make a wonderful Christmas gift. Yes, ma'am. Someone thank in you. your circle. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Don, for the interview. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. You are doing some amazing things in the world. And I can't wait to see what else is in store. And I admonish you, I praise you, I give you your flowers while you're alive. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure. I just really, really enjoyed myself. And I'm going to be sending you a book as a gift. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you, my dear. Absolutely. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, um, you've heard from Dawn. Uh, once again, if you want to get connected with her, you can go to her website. It's www 
www.thejourneyslesson.com on social media. You can follow her on her Facebook group. Just search for Journey Lessons Community. If you want the direct link, it's bit.ly forward slash journey community. You can also follow her on Instagram at uh, instagram.com forward slash Don Cochrane King. I will spell that. It's D A W N C O C H R A N E K I N G. And you can also follow her on LinkedIn and get connected at bit.ly journey coach Dawn. And as always, this is your girl, Bridget Washington. And I thank you immensely for tuning in. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Amazon Alexa. You can also follow me, Bridget Washington, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Bridget Empowers, as well as my YouTube channel, Living a Fanatical Life. See you on the next episode of Living a Fanatical Life podcast. And remember to always live fanatical.